out to everyone who is listening on this podcast. I get one hour a week of screen time, while my friends, some of them get an hour a day. From Foundation Capital, this is how to be to be a CEO. The show about how to scale your enterprise startup and how to grow from founder to CEO. I'm Audie Garg. My dad is Ashu Garg, general partner at Foundation Capital. Hey gang, this is Ashu. With everyone busy trying to wrap up things before the end of Q4, it was a little challenging scheduling a guest for the podcast. Luckily for me, there's one person in my life who always has a lot of questions for me, in particular about venture capital and startups. And so for this special holiday episode, we're reversing roles. And the interviewer for this episode is my son, Adi. For all of you earliest stage entrepreneurs out there, Adi's gonna ask the questions you might be too afraid to. Enjoy. My name is Adi, I'm 10 years old, I'm in fifth grade, and I like to read a lot. So, Dad, I have, like, a bunch of questions for you. This is the only time I'm actually going to squeeze the good answers out of you. So, I think I best do it, like, right now. What do you do for work? Adi, I'm a venture capitalist. What is it like to be a venture capitalist? What do you do as a venture capitalist? So, as a venture capitalist, I help people who have ideas translate those ideas into companies. More than half of the large companies in the world start off as an idea that some venture capitalists funded. Think about Google. The two founders of Google, Larry and Sergey, were students at Stanford when they came up with the idea of building a better search engine. And someone gave them a little bit of money to get started to prove that the idea made sense and they needed more money to then convert that into some, a product and so on. The people who fund Entrepreneurs are venture capitalists, and so that's what I do. Why did you decide to be a VC? Why did I decide to be a VC? That's a good question. You know, I think when I was, the last job I did before foundation was I was working at Microsoft running a large business for them, and I left that to start a company. You started Foundation Capital. No, no, started, I'll, I'll tell you about it. So I, I left, I left Microsoft to start a company. I had a couple of startup ideas, and I worked with a couple of friends, you know, my friend Ashu, the other Ashu Garg. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we looked at starting a company together. And then through the process, I actually met one of the partners at Foundation Capital in a parking lot. And we started talking, and I wanted to get to know more VCs because I wanted to raise money for my company. And so I said, can you give me a business card? And so he gave me his card. And that's how I met someone at Foundation for the first time. And initially, I was meeting VCs mostly because I wanted to learn about the process of raising money. But the more I met VCs, I was like, this job sounds interesting. I don't know if I'm going to be any good at it, but I want to try. And so I was very fortunate that you know, the partners at Foundation gave me a chance to join and to learn how to be a VC. And first I thought I'd join for a year, and who knows, maybe I'll be good, maybe I'll be terrible at it. And I was very lucky that one of my first companies, a company called Freewheel, did well. And I said, maybe I can keep doing this for another year or two. And so on and so forth. And now it's been, you know, this is my 12th year at Foundation. 
how do you pick a good entrepreneur or company to invest in? You know, I wish there was a formula. You could put all the data into a computer and out came uh, the right No, but really, how do, how do you do it? How do I pick? I, I mean, you invest in companies. You said it yourself. Just how do you pick what companies you want to invest in? For me, the most important thing when I decide to invest in a company is the founder. So it's a lot about the person. Do I, do I think this person has what it takes to build a great company? And so I spend a lot of time getting to know the person, what they value, how they think, how they solve problems, what motivates them. But, and the second part is what is the market they're going after? The idea is trying to solve some problem. Is there, is there a market that is large enough that if you solve the problem, there's a lot of money to be made? Those are the two questions. Right person, right market. Those are the two questions right. I focus on. And whenever you invest in a company, do you feel confident? Or is it like a mix of emotions? Are you sure of yourself or do you not understand? Do you sometimes feel like you've made a mistake? Or that you're just completely perfect and you know this is going to do well? You know, I think I joke with my partners that the, the most confident you feel about a company is on the day you invest and then on the day you exit. And in between, and it usually takes seven, maybe ten years, you know, your emotions are a roller coaster. There are days you feel really excited and confident this company is going to be the next Google. And there are days that you worry that you're going to lose all your money. And there's lots of sleepless nights in between for me. Yeah, I'm sure. So if, if someone just walks up to you and he's like, hey, I think you made a horrible investment here, invest in, in one of your invested companies, how would you defend yourself? What would you say to make the other person's doubts go away? How would you reassure yourself? So first of all, I don't think my doubts ever go away. I, I always have doubts. But if someone came to me and said that, I would want their doubts to go away. So I would tell them about the team. I would tell them about the progress the company has made since I invested. I would tell them about the problem it solves. I would tell them about the technology and why that technology is special. So about technology, I feel like you're on your phone a lot, like a lot. And, and I hear you on phone calls, like, Dad, you're always doing them in, like, the car or whatever. I don't even care. But I hear you using the words Series A or Series B a lot. And I don't understand what they mean, but they seem to make up a big part of your conversations. That's true. So, you know, I invest mostly in seed stage and Series A companies, so I talk about that a lot. But what does it mean to be a seed stage or Series A company? So when, when, when someone has an idea, they typically raise seed money to translate that idea. So the seed money is like the, the money the venture capitalist gives them, right? Sometimes it's venture capitalists, Adi. Sometimes it can be even individuals. So you can raise seed money from friends, from family, from rich individuals who say, look, I'll help seed you. I'll help you get off the ground. That's what seed money is for. So that's practically being a venture capitalist without being like an official venture capitalist. It's, yeah. it's like helping someone get off the ground. It's like, it's like aliens coming over and helping us with interstellar space travel. Sort of. 
Not exactly, but sort of. But you get the point. So that's seed money. Then once someone has a product and has a couple of customers or has some, something that you can look at, touch and feel, and something that you have some evidence that this is going to work, then they end up raising a Series A. The goal of the Series A is to fund the company to grow its customers and its revenues. And so that's what a Series A is. And then after that, every subsequent round has a letter. So after the Series A, you raise a Series B. Right. After well, the Series B, you raise a Series C. So like you, you become more and more sure of each one. Hopefully. With each round, you're reducing the risk. And as a result, you're, you're like, increasing the price. You're, you're raising it at a higher price. And the company is getting better here, right? Hopefully. Or like, it's a more confident stage of in in investing in the company. Yes, I think you're more confident about the stage. That's right. That's fair. So, what does it mean to you to be a venture capitalist? You know, I I think the part about being a venture capitalist that I love the most is I get to live in the future. I get to see and be part of creating tomorrow's reality. Right. So, so about becoming a venture capitalist, what do you have to study in school to become a venture capitalist or a CEO? Because this is sounding pretty amazing. Like, do you want to become a venture capitalist, Adi? A little. That's cool. It's a fun job. It's also a hard job. Oh, it sure looks fun. So anyway, what do you have to study in school to become a venture capitalist or a CEO? You know, the interesting thing about both professions, being a VC or a CEO, there are many, many ways to become a VC or a CEO. You could study engineering, you could study math, you could study science, but you can also study humanities Sorry, or arts. Sorry, did you say science? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of VCs like or- science? Like hand signs? No, science. Okay. And now you're making fun of my Indian accent? No, I'm not. I'm just saying you need to be a little more clear on what you're trying to give the thousands of people here. Like if someone hears you and they actually want to become a venture capitalist, and they're like, well, let me go study signs. How is them studying sign language going to help with becoming a VC? That's fair. Let me start again. So, you know, the good thing about being a VC or a CEO is that you can, there are many paths to Rome, is the way I think about it, which is you can get to being one of those individuals by studying engineering, by studying science, by studying math, or by studying humanities. What is more important is excelling at what you do. There's hard jobs and there are very few of them, and there's a lot of people who want to be venture capitalists and a lot of people who want to be CEOs, and so it's really important to be at or near the top of your class if you want if you want to have a career in venture capital. Right. So being like 15 out of 20 is not good. Probably not. But being like 4 out of 20 is good. Yeah. But again, you know, it, there are all kinds of people. There are people who were not yeah. good in college uh, who then later excel in their jobs. There are people who drop out of college and end up in venture capital. So, you know, my partner Angus Davis, he never went to college. He, he ended up joining a company called Netscape, which was one of the first internet companies. And then he ended up starting a company called Upserve, and he was CEO of Upserve. Right. 
and then he joined Foundation Capital. So, again, I hear you on the phone a lot saying words like Series A, Series B. I think this is not exactly a seed investment. So, um, what does the word enterprise mean? Like, enterprise is a car rental company, but I'm pretty sure that's not it. So, continue. <laughs> I see it all, all the way, all, all the time when we're driving on yeah. El Camino. So, consumer companies are companies that make a product or service that they sell to a consumer, and a consumer is an individual. So, like Amazon. So Amazon. Amazon actually has both an enterprise business and a consumer business. Their consumer business is when you and I buy things on the okay. Amazon app. Amazon shopping. Amazon shopping. That's a consumer business. An enterprise business is when Amazon sells computing capacity or storage to other businesses. AWS. Exactly. What makes a good CEO? I generally think there are five things five qualities I look for in a great CEO. And not everyone will have all of these qualities in the same measure, but here's the five. I think the first is great CEOs are great storytellers. They can articulate the story of their company, why they're starting the company, its mission, their own personal stories to employees, to investors, to customers. You know, they have this, great CEOs are like, evangelists for their company. They're, they're missionaries. What is an evangelist? Just I, for, for those young folks in there who are listening to this podcast and don't know any of this fancy VC talk. So what is an evangelist? So an evangelist typically, the, traditionally the word evangelist means it's someone who seeks to convert you to their religious faith. So, so when the English came over to the Native Americans and were like, hey, you have to convert to Christianity. They were evangelists, exactly. So that's what the word traditionally means. Today that word is, much, is used much more broadly. So it's anyone that is trying to convert you to their side or their cause and is doing it with a lot of fervor and emotion is an evangelist. So the first attribute of a, of a great CEO is they're great storytellers. The second attribute, Adi, of a great CEO is they're very clear communicators. So CEOs need to constantly reiterate what they do so that everyone in their team knows what needs to be done, what the role of different individuals is in the company. And that clarity of communication, and sometimes it's easy, and sometimes it requires having very difficult conversations. And I believe in this concept that I call constructive candor. Like candor is about being very honest with people and telling them to their face if there's something that they're not doing that's right, but doing it in a way that is productive, that helps them become better. So that's the second quality of a great CEO. They're clear in their communication. So the third thing about CEOs is they, they learn from their mistakes. I have this word I call self-correcting. So, you know, I said earlier they have to be evangelists, which means they have to be very passionate and believe in what they're doing. But everyone makes mistakes. No one is right all the time. And so when you make a mistake, you have to have 
the ability to learn, okay, I did this wrong. Next time when I do it, I'm going to do it differently. And so I call that characteristic, I call that characteristic self-correcting. When I was reading one time, so it, so it said they all leapt into the cabin. No, so it went like there was something along the lines of there was a roar above and, and the helicopter landed on the helipad where we were waiting. And then we stepped into the cabin for a second. I thought it was like a cabin, a legit cabin, like in like, I don't know, like a cold ski place or something, like a wooden log cabin. And then I realized it was the cabin of the helicopter. Yeah, so let me tell you about two more characteristics of a great CEO. I think the fourth one is they have something that's called grit. Do you know what grit is? Yeah. What is grit? It's like persevering. Yeah. So they really persevere, and they're also resourceful. So it's not enough to persevere. You have to be able to find a way to make things happen. Working, perseverance is about working hard and not giving up, and resourcefulness is about making it happen despite all the odds. And the last thing about CEOs is, you know, they have what I call a bias for action. So what bias for action means is they lead from front and they, they lead by example. You know, they'll talk and they'll debate and they'll discuss things, but at some point they'll say, okay, enough talking, time to do something. Adi, do you think you would make for a good CEO? I think I would make for an okay CEO. Why is that? Because I'm not a very good storyteller, and I don't self-correct very often. Do you think you could learn to be better on both? Yeah. So, you know, the thing about all these traits, Adi, is first of all, no one is perfect at all of them. And the second is everyone can learn. You know, have you seen Mark Zuckerberg speak? Yeah. Do you think he speaks well? Yeah. Do you think he always spoke that well? No. So my partner, Jonathan, you've met Jonathan. He used to work with Mark Zuckerberg 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And he used to say that Mark Zuckerberg was terrible at speaking at that time. And now he's really good. So he's learned. He's become a great storyteller. Okay. So do you think that you're a good VC? I think I'm a much better VC today than I was 10 years ago. Uh, I've been very lucky to work with some amazing entrepreneurs who have taken companies public. So I work with Brett. You've met Brett. You know, Brett started Tube Mogul. I invested very early. He took the company public and then sold it to Adobe. So I've had a couple of successes like that. Uh, but I'm learning every day. So another phone-related question. You're on your phone for so long that I start to wonder what you do. It can't be all checking emails and Outlook. So tell me. I think mostly I talk to people. I talk, so I do three things on my phone. I talk to my CEOs. I'm on calls. I do email. And then I check social media. Because I read the news. I, I post things. I check what's going on in the world. Now, the following few questions, our last ones, are just going to be questions about you, not, not necessarily what you do or whatever. It's just going to be, like, random. So what do you like to do most? 
I like solving problems. I like talking to people about some problem in the world. Right. Why? What is it about solving problems that is that you like so much? I think it gives me joy. I, I feel engaged. I feel I'm doing something productive. It's interesting. I like analyzing things. Okay. It's something I'm good at, so I like doing something I'm good at. Now, our last question is going to be so random that it's going to take you 10 seconds to think about it. Okay. What? is your favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. Why? I love chocolate. What is it about chocolate that you love? The chocolatiness? Why does someone like roses and someone else likes daffodils? Because they do. Exactly. I like chocolate because I do. Right. Okay. Okay, Adi, let's do the following. I have a meeting and then we're going to go home at five. You clearly like talking, Adi. You're a storyteller, trust me. Okay. Now, here's what you do. Get, get a snack. I trust you. Get Again? A, yeah, get, get, get a cheese slice, or a cheese stick or something. Carmina no, can help you. yogurt is better. Okay, you want another yogurt? Yeah. Can you get it from the fridge yourself? Yeah. I'm really independent. Okay. That's a wrap. I'll be back in the new year with guests who are a little more later stage, shall we say? But before I sign off, I just wanted to say that 2019 has been a very eventful year for me, both professionally and personally. It's given me an opportunity to reflect on who I am, what I value, and how much I have to be thankful for. One of the things I'm very thankful for is all of you who listen to this podcast. It's been a great learning experience, and the feedback I get is phenomenal, and it's really gratifying to hear that so many of you find it useful. Thank you all, and happy holidays. That's it for this episode. You can find past episodes and subscribe to future ones on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. How to B2B a CEO is brought to you by Foundation Capital, an early-stage venture capital firm with 27 IPOs, including Netflix, Lending Club, Tube Mogul, and Sunrun. I'm Arshur Gard, a general partner at Foundation Capital. I'm passionate about helping B2B entrepreneurs who are trying to solve hard problems. So if this podcast speaks to you, if you are interested in growing from a technical founder into a business leader, drop me a line. Thanks, and see you next time.